Welcome once again into the Soccer OG. Hey, that's me, Max Bretos. This is episode 159. As always, a gentle reminder to rate, review, download, subscribe, and tell a friend about our lovely little podcast that is being heard all over the world. And we're talking a lot of U.S. soccer. We're going to do that again here today. We are going double barrel in the business end, as we did a few weeks ago. Pretty much our last Gold Cup show. We'll recap the final here, but the last really intensive World Cup or Gold Cup show because the U.S. are out. So we're going to talk to two of my good friends who were feet on the ground for the broadcast on Wednesday night. Marcelo Balboa, who was with uh, the U.S. men taking on Panama in San Diego. Rodolfo Landeros, who was with Fox watching Mexico-Jamaica at Allegiant Stadium in Vegas. Good locations for both. I'm sure they're going to complain about it, but great. You're going to really enjoy that. I've done the interview, so stick around for that. There won't be any stoppage time. We're going to be back to talk about everything that's happening in the world of football and crazy stuff that is uh, uh, happening in the marketplace, which I think we have to keep a little bit of an eye on because I think it's going to change the complexion of world football. It is the Soccer OG. Glad to have you on board. big ticket stories that we will focus in on here before we get into the conversation with the Gold Cup. I think we have plenty there with uh, Cello and Rodolfo. I will say this, and you can check out the Soccer OG on YouTube under my name, Max Bretos. I have a, a comprehensive recap of the USA's effort. One of the things I look at this Gold Cup is this competition in, in, in a world right now where it's an arms race to get the biggest games. And if you're not out getting them, someone else will. And if CONCACAF doesn't really align with South America, then I, I promise you, Asia or Africa will, or Europe will. Not that UEFA needs any more help. So if you sit on your hands and say, okay, we're good here with our little regional tournament, you will be left behind. So I think it's important, and I don't know what this does for the Gold Cup moving forward, if it diminishes the tournament, if it makes it a youth tournament. It's obviously going to be big. Everyone sent their A team, except for the United States and Canada. Uh, I, I, should, I should double check that. But I know Panama didn't. I know Mexico sent close to their A-team. Um, Jamaica sent their, pretty much their A-team. So, I mean, I know Honduras didn't. I mean, some, some teams were a little experimental. But they sent their, you know, they sent their A-team. So, but the reality is, uh, Come Bowl's not perfect either. Argentina, Brazil are great members. Uruguay, pretty good member. Colombia, up and down. Should be a great member. Ecuador, up and coming. And then you have Paraguay, Bolivia, Venezuela, Peru, Chile. And, I mean, they're all okay. Some aren't that great. You know, that's 10 teams. South America needs a boost that USA and Mexico can provide, and potentially to a smaller degree, Canada and some of these Central American countries. Uh, there's a power in a union. And I think with those big four members, and I'm not saying USA and Mexico are bigger than Uruguay or better than Uruguay or Colombia, but the big ticket teams... Argentina, Brazil, USA, Mexico, that's where the power is. That's where the money's at. That's why they have to get together. That's why the Copa America can't be a one-off in 2024. I'm just saying this because we'll get left behind. We've got to make partners out of them. The Gold Cup is, is I, I'll always watch it, but it's not a tournament that we can bank on to get us better and really to be riveting. It was good, but, you know, I, actually, I will say, I, 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 I just talked to my dentist. He asked about the USA-Panama game. Accounts like Colin Coward. I know Colin pretty well. And I mean, he doesn't really, he, he'll post a little bit about soccer, but he was posting about the Gold Cup. And that means his followers get that. 
So there's interest. So the Gold Cup served a purpose. I'm glad we had it. But now is that moment in time. And if we don't do it, we, CONCACAF, USA, Mexico, etc., someone else will jump in there. I promise you that. Look at what's happening around the world of soccer. FIFA's taking up terrain. Uh, everyone's trying to grab the land that lies ahead of them. There's, it's soon going to run out of it. You know what I mean, Jelly Bean? Let's talk about some other things. Uh, I made my piece with, with the Gold Cup. Women's World Cup a week ago. I don't feel this euphoria of all this buildup. I know we'll get there. But I'm a little disappointed because I'm excited about this competition. As you've heard, I had a lot of guests on here to talk about it. And I think we all agree this is going to be the biggest women's sporting event ever. And I think we'll ease into it, like most World Cups. But I'm just surprised we don't see a big... And look, I am the target audience. I got soccer on all the time. Fox will have it. I mean, they've had some... I've had that really nice campaign with everyone talking about how they're going to beat the Americans. It's like the guy on the bus. Oh, take out Alex Morgan. He didn't say that. Those are my words. But I like that. Um, USA versus the world. That should be the campaign, which I think they're kind of channeling into it. Um... It's, uh, we, everyone's arriving there. There was a nice little video. I think it's the best World Cup, Women's World Cup video with the uh, American team arriving at the airport there. Uh, and then Alana Cook, who had one big luggage. Remember, they're, they're planning on being there for a month. She's like walking in. She didn't need the airport car. Everyone else had a lot of luggage. And I realized, Alana's probably thought, thought about this the smart way. He goes, we're not going to... We're not going to need to wear all our clothes. They're going to have us in USA gear the whole time. And we might be able to get out a little bit. We'll probably be in USA gear. So, smart. I hope everyone gets a little bit of time to get out. But you got to be careful. Because these athletes can be targeted. Now, Australia and New Zealand is going to be very safe. That's a, that's a wonderful place for uh, a World Cup. And although they have a great experience. and uh, Because I, I went to Colombia last week. And I, I had a small bag. And I even overpacked. I had two pairs of jeans and sweatpants. Didn't use the sweatpants until the flight back, so I didn't have to wear them. And didn't wear that second pair of jeans because I wore jeans a couple nights and then it was so hot, it was shorts. Hello. So we'll talk a little bit about the Women's World Cup. I, I want to see some games and then we can get into it. Uh, it's going to mix mess up our clock a little bit, but that's the, the price we pay, the sacrifice we're ready to make. Lionel Messi coming in. Oh, but actually, you know what? Talking about travel... I wanted to tell you this story. So travel's getting really harrowing. And it's also getting um, very expensive. Uh, look, I, I think we're living in a time, and I don't want to be social commentary here, but the dreams of many people, it, it's getting dashed here. It's really, I don't know if it's going to come back. Case in point, the prices of homes have gone so high everywhere. I live in LA, and I think I got in right, I'm a homeowner. But it's, it's, I don't think most people can, what they're asking, and now you have these interest rates that are just going to gobble you up, that the dream of home ownership, I mean, it's going away for a lot of people. It's really sad. And there's a group of people that keep buying the properties, they can make cash offers, and they're raking it all in. Uh, it's just, it's not fair, but, you know, these banks, they have to balance. I understand. I don't know a lot about banking, but they have to do it some way. I can't believe I'm actually talking about this. But the other thing is air travel. I mean, air travel, they have less planes. Uh, they're making money now because they lost so much during COVID. They're not going to add more travel because they don't want to add more staff because they don't want to pay them, I don't think. 
Uh, my hat's off to, first of all, before I go any further, my hat off is off to all the pilots and flight attendants out there and um, baggage handlers. It's a tough job, and they've been put under major stress. And I don't know if they're getting the help from the airlines or uh, the FAA or what have you. But uh, it's the to travel to any country now is twice what it used to be a, a year or two ago, or let's say before COVID. So you know, European travel for kids is probably out. Um, vacations are probably being hemmed back. It's it's dreadful. I hope it comes around, but you know, once these things get taken away, they usually don't come back. I mean, the, when stuff gets more expensive, it keeps going. All of a sudden, it goes, "Hey, no, we want." They're gonna have to get more jets and so forth. I don't know if that's happening, and because every time I travel, there's a shortage of staff. So clearly, they don't want to hire more people. So everything's packed. Every airline's packed. I travel every week, so. Uh, I uh, I don't get first class seats for my travel, but I travel American most of the time, and I get upgraded eighty to ninety percent. I travel a lot. Uh, Delta, I'm building up my miles, so I had a Delta flight where I'm in the main cabin, very comfortable cabin by the way. Delta is a very is an excellent airline, um, on time record, comfortable jets, friendly attendants. So I I recline my seat, and then a few seconds later, these knees go into the back of me and push back. So I know what's going on. I try to recline again. It doesn't go back. Turn around to the guy. I say, oh, buddy, what's going on? Is there a and he's like, I'm six foot two. My legs are too long. So you're going to have to put your seat up. And I go, well, I don't have to put my seat up. They allow me to recline it, but let's talk about this. And he goes, shut up. I'm like, oh, boy. This guy was in his mid-60s. Uh, that's what my friend said when I talk, told him about it. Said, could you have taken him? I go, yes, I could have taken him. I don't want to take him. I don't want to get into a fight. I mean, if I get in a fight on an airplane or an airport, I'm 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 canceled, canceled. So he, I think he knew that. Everyone knows that. I mean, so I don't want to. I don't want to fight anybody. So, but he was very unruly. He told me to shut up a second time. I hit the the call attendant button. A t- a attendant comes over. And I go, I look, this guy's not cooperating. I'm willing to talk to him, but he keeps telling me to shut up. Can you tell him I can move my seat back? And then the attendant says he can move his seat back part of the way. And I turn and I go, wait a minute. That's nowhere. I've never heard that. If you only want it part of the way, why don't you make the seats go down part of the way? So I'm sitting there and then we switch seats. I go, shut up, Max. Don't say anything. Guy moves to where I was. He talks trash about me to the, the passengers that I was sitting next to. I'm like, be quiet. Don't say anything. Just stay out of it. We're exiting here. He apologizes to the flight attendant about my behavior. I'm ready to blow a gasket. I go, just put your head down. Get to the hotel. We're heading to Salt Lake. I tweet about it. I go, I go hey, Delta, this is not a complaint. I, and I'm the guy who says never do that, and I did it. This is not a complaint, but... Um, uh, one of your flight attendants said I can't recline my seat all the way back. Uh, is that accurate? I just want to know for myself. A couple of people, reputable people picked it up. And you will not believe it. I had a like Branch Davidian cult of airline etiquette come at me for reclining my seat. Now, look, if the airline said no more reclining seats, I'll stop it. But they allow you to. And I need to recline it a little bit. It helps me sleep. Salt Lake was a short trip. I didn't have to sleep. I, maybe I was going to tell the guy, I'll, I'll go back up. Just ask me nicely. Like maybe let me lean back a little bit. So I then, I mean, I got e- tweet after tweet. These are actual tweets. A couple of people, a, a reputable radio personality from the Midwest called me a sociopath for reclining my seat. 
Another guy said he'd have put me in the hospital if I, I was in front of him and I reclined my seat. I go, this is, I had no idea people were so upset about this. I, I started feeling really guilty. <laughs> people would come in, defend me, and I'm like, this is crazy. The lesson the, of this story is, is, I mean, I probably won't recline my seat because you know what? I don't want, I want to be left alone. I just want to get there. I'll read my book. Airlines, we shouldn't even look at each other at this point. I mean, I had an issue where uh, someone hit a flight attendant, like pushed the flight attendant the flight before. It's getting hairy out there. And uh, we got to stop that, man. I mean, the best bet is everyone just keep in your own space. And if that means don't recline. I'm going to recline on long flights. And I'm going to recline if the person in front of me reclines, which is what happened on this flight too. <sighs> I can't believe it. I'm sure many of you are going, Bredos, you're such a sociopath. Put your seat up. One guy said he was going to send me to the hospital. I got, dude, no one needs tough Twitter tough guy. Nobody needs Twitter tough guy. His avatar was Ohio State, by the way. No surprise. A lot of Twitter tough guys in Columbus, Ohio. I love you, Columbus, but the Ohio State fan base. Let's get back on the rails here. So uh, two more stories I want to talk about. Christian Pulisic signing with AC Milan. And I believe he's saying that we have to refer to him as Pulisic again. Pulisic, which uh, he can do whatever he wants. Um, I'm at the point where you can say my last name however you want. I'm not, I can't, I mean, I go on radio shows and they say burrito, so burrito. I'm like, I don't care. I do, I really don't. But something's happening with the marketplace that's interesting. You know, the, everything's blown out. You have the Saudis, I mean, they're offering money to Jordan Henderson. I mean, people you wouldn't expect. They are offering, you know, they offer that big deal to Messi, player after player, uh, big, middle, going to Saudi Arabia. That league is going to be really interesting, by the way. And if there's anyone listening from the Saudi Arabia and they're looking for voices for their broadcast, uh, I'd like to talk. I just want to have a conversation. I think it could be interesting if you guys want to do that on a world feed, which you're going to have to do. So Saudi Arabia League, don't forget to keep me included too. Gun for hire. <laughs> okay, so the, the Premier League, crazy money. All 20 teams are going to be spending more money than just about every other country, every other club from every other national league, with the exception of PSG, Bayern, Real Madrid, Barcelona. But even Real Madrid and Barcelona, I mean, this whole Jude Bellingham thing, or pardon me, uh, Kylian Mbappe, is about Real Madrid trying to save money. That's what it's all about. They're trying to save money. They don't want to uh, spend the, they, they, back in the day, they'd say, oh, just spend the $200 million for that transfer fee. They're waiting to see if they can get a good deal out of it. So everyone's kind of pinching their pennies outside of the Premier League. And I love what the Serie A is doing. And what Milan did, they got Pulisic for, I think, $22 million, went to Chelsea for $60. they are trying to make the, the pinch on that money. And that's a lot of money for Milan. City had teams everywhere doing that. They're kind of getting the stuff that crumbles down from the Premier League. And, you know, Inter did that with Lukaku. And they're making really good teams. And I think it's sustainable. Because money is kind of polluting the idea of what a good team would look like. You need to be well coached. It needs to be several pieces put together that are going to be effective, right? And the City is handpicking these guys. They have good coaches. I think they're going to continue to do well. I just love the business they're doing. They're not bringing in a lot of guys. They're still doing a great job developing players, scouting players from smaller leagues, bring him in. We saw what Napoli was able to do with Cavada and Osiman and others. And 
There was success across the Italian leagues. I think that's going to happen. Savviness. I think it's going to outwit just throwing money at it. We saw that a little bit this year. I think the Premier League will still be dominant. But, you know, you take Manchester City out of this, of the equation this year in Europe. Where are the other English teams? You know, City rescued their backside. Chelsea out. Spurs out. Liverpool out. I mean, and next year it's going to be Newcastle and Arsenal. Will they be able to maintain it? It's very different. Okay, final item. I think I, I dedicated the most amount of time to the the seat recline. And maybe I've lost a couple listeners from that story. I wouldn't be surprised because you would not believe the amount of anti-seat recline tweets I got. Some people were civil. Some people were just downright nasty. Sociopath. Lionel Messi is going to be announced here Sunday and Monday. Big show in Miami. And uh, we're so thrilled. Uh, I talked to Marcelo about it. Working in MLS and having him in the league. It's going to be huge. And it's going to draw eyeballs. It's going to draw more new players. It's going to draw uh, new investment. It's going to draw uh, maybe a restructuring of, of how we do business here, where we can get teams that can compete with the big leagues, whether that's Mexico and Brazil or, you know, leagues six through 10 in Europe, step by step. It's going to be phenomenal. And I, I don't know what it's look like, but it's going to look pretty cool. And I want, I want to see it all. And uh, I work with MLS and Apple TV, and this is good for everyone involved. I'm sure some money will filter down to the broadcasters, especially get that big Saudi deal. Uh, one thing I don't want to be part of, I'm from Miami, and everyone wants to go to Miami. Um, I'm from there. I'm just relieved I'm not there right now to deal with this. Miami says no to nothing. It's a small city that wants to be big. It might be big in a few years, but it doesn't have the infrastructure. Uh, you know, freeways, wow, irrigation, all that stuff. I mean, space. I mean, just logistics. Miami Beach is connected to Miami by three very small causeways. And they get jam-packed. It's the only way over. And they will say no to nothing. Super Bowl. Uh, that electronic festival, uh, the arts, what is it, Basel, Art Basel, uh, movies, the politicians go, blah, 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 blah. You know, they, they're bringing money into the city, they're bringing money into their pockets. And they inconvenience the people who live there. Now, Messi too, this euphoria, okay, and, and that's fine. Uh, and this, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this, but I don't want to be there for this. It's just too much. If you live there and you're just party here, you know, they they don't. They will inconvenience you in a heartbeat. Most cities will, but they're L.A., Chicago, New York. They're, they're built for these big events. So if you live there, you may feel it a little bit. Many of you won't feel it at all. And uh, it's Miami's, it's kind of a fantasy land. I mean, I live there. All my friends, a lot of my friends moved out there. They can't afford it. And it's, it's a rich person's paradise. My sister just moved out of there, and they're moving to other parts of Florida or anywhere else. But uh, it's it's, a, it's just weird, and then it's it's a city that's very busy during the winter months, uh, spring months. And then it gets empty during the summer, uh, and, and I, I'm kind of going on and on about this. But I mean, it's a it's it's not the tentpole city I think that you want for um, for MLS in that in that capacity. 
people go in Miami, it's it's become the hot spot ahead of LA and New York. No, it's not. It's not. It's just too small to do that. It's a great city. I don't miss it. I do not miss it. And I guarantee you a lot of people there say they do live there are probably finding ways to see where else they can go by necessity at some point. But uh, these big cities um, could absorb that no problem. I want to say something else about Miami and Orlando, which I always hear too. Because when you talk about sports, they always say, so much other stuff to do in Miami and Orlando that they don't go to sporting events. I go, I live in LA, man. There's 8,000 million more things to do here than Miami, and people still show up at sporting events. There's 8,000 more things to do in New York. They still show up at sporting events. If you like sports, you go. So I don't want to hear that. And I don't think they're going to have, I think they're going to do really well with Messi. But I don't want to hear that excuse anymore. Lived in Miami long. I mean, Los Angeles, there's a gazillion things. I could go to the mountains, the beach, the forest in an hour and have stuff to do. <laughs> I'm sorry I've been going on and off, but I, there was a lot of topics I wanted to cover and we'll continue to cover. But Messi, bienvenidos. Uh, estoy emocionado para, para ti y, y, y mucho éxito. We'll look forward to the soccer OG. We're going to look back at the U.S. and Mexico effort here in the business end. Marcelo Delgado, Rodolfo Landeros joins us. We'll wrap up the show after that. Stick around. The soccer OG. Rate, review, download, subscribe, and tell a friend. A few weeks ago, we are going to see the perspective of the United States and Mexico as it applies to the Gold Cup as we're into the final few days. A little bit we'll have Rodolfo Landeros, who was in Vegas to cover the Mexican national team's victory over Jamaica, and Marcelo Balboa, who was at Snapdragon Stadium to see the United States go down to Panama. Before I said Snapdragon. I don't know if I'm going to bring it up again. How was it to call a game there? Because we're going to see a lot more of that venue. You know what? First of all, so nice to see you, my friend. Be <laughs> Look, I get right. At, I, no pleasantries. I get right into the question. It's not terrible, Jello. And it's awesome. Terrible. Um, you know what? It's a nice stadium, man. It really is. Uh, I could see why uh, the setting's nice right on the mountains. Um, a little hot, I will be honest with you. They're playing that 430 game, but beautiful stadium, beautiful field. Um, the people... Uh, the people that built it, and I know San Diego State football plays there. The women's uh, NWSL the plays yeah. there. The Wave, and now MLS will play there. So it's um, it was it was a great crowd, man. 31,000 and uh, into the game. So it was cool. I did like the mountains, and I think people forget that San Diego's in the mountain area too. It's yeah. all about the coastline. So it, they're going to have to have games at night because if it's hot. You need to cover the fans, which is yeah. I'm sure they're going to have most of the time. Although well, they were talking the about some upgrades before the 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 uh, San Diego team starts. They're talking about some upgrades, but they didn't say specifically. So but either way, man, it's I mean, over to the right, they had this like rooftop kind of bar where you can sit up there and chair. It was, it was it was badass, man. I well, like look, it. They're going to do five Aztec games a year and now they do NWSL. They're going to do MLS. Oh. Do, so it's getting busy. They're going to yeah. pay for that thing. You know, I, I happened to go, I walk every morning. So I decided to go walk six miles. I walked over to San Diego State from where we're at. And all I saw was uh, Alice in Chains and uh, Guns N' Roses concert. It had Coldplay. It had like four or five concerts. They'll make their money back. Don't worry. Good. They'll make their money back. I love it. 
No one made their money back quicker than the Home Depot Center. They had so much stuff going on in there. Do you remember that? It was still one do. thing. <laughs> I remember when they dug out the stadium, they had like uh, the X Games. They had those races of like, it was like rally cars going rally through there. Cars, like, monster truck. I've seen monster truck there, yes. <laughs> Cello, big, big monster truck guy. Uh, by the way, I know you'll be back on the MLS beat soon. You've been busy with uh, yeah. through the NA. I've been listening to you guys do. I really enjoy the broadcast. Uh, uh, but your guy, uh, Jorge Perez Navarro, was teamed up with uh, El Pulpo, yeah. uh, Martin yeah. Zuniga, while they're yeah. waiting for you to come back. Yeah. And I'm trying to do a Carlos Vela interview, and Navarro's talking to Vela for like five minutes while I'm sitting there with the microphone. I'll send you the video. I was like, hey, Navarro, <laughs> pipe it down over there, dude. <laughs> Everybody loves George, man. Everybody He's loves the best. George. He's, He's such a, a wonderful person. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about the U.S. I mean, I, every people are. I don't know if I'm super disappointed. I don't think it was unexpected because uh, I, I had a couple friends who gamble a lot, and they're both going. I'm I'm picking Panama. They're going to win. I go whoa, whoa, whoa. But when the second guy reached out and said that, okay, okay, there's something something brewing here that Panama was smart money, and then I guess we saw it. And yeah. Um, it was. It's. I mean, should we be disappointed about about that? About this, these four games that we saw, or five games we saw them play? Um, I think you can look at it both ways. I, I think you look at it and say, what a great opportunity for these younger guys to play. You already have an established first team. Do we agree on that? Yes. Do we agree. This, this is pretty much established. So you've got to give these kids an opportunity to see who can play, who played well at this level, who can do what, who can handle the pressure. And, uh, and there'll be a few names that stick out. Brian Reynolds will be one that we'll all be looking at in the next few years as Sergio Des fighting for that spot. I thought Jones did well. Yep. I Jones I like until he got tired. So there was a few players that did well that put, a, put their little check mark um, to maybe get invited to a, another camp down the road. But why wouldn't we be disappointed? I mean, we, we went in there as defending champions. We wanted to reach the final. We wanted to win. You played against a Panama team that brought a full team. Uh, they had one more day of rest than the U.S. did. Um, did they have their chances? Sure, Panama had their chances. And uh, if we're not disappointed, then we're not growing as a country in, in our sport. So, yeah, we should be upset. We should be sure. disappointed. Yeah. You know, but was... it's, yeah, you go, you go into penalty kicks, it's a crapshoot, man. It, it, it really is. I mean, plus, listen, Freda ran his ass off. And then he has cramping up and he, he was, I'm, I'm going to guess he's the first one to volunteer to take. And you can see he wasn't a hundred percent. Yeah. So you got to love the grit and the grind of some of these kids. So yeah, we should be a little disappointed, but I don't think it was unexpected with Panama's first team. You know what I mean? There. Yeah. Jesus Ferreira, this is why you mentioned him, because that's what I saw here and everyone gets caught up. Yeah. He's not going to start with the a team he's not gonna start ahead of balligan or pepe I go, yeah i know but i you you look at not everyone's getting all these reps right josh Sargent's not getting these reps haji yeah. wright's not getting these reps yeah. jesus Ferreira is getting his reps and even though it's not against competition that you would call elite by any means it's kind of taking advantage of it but i love what you said about the work rate because that's what i saw from this guy yeah. those last two games he was dying on his sword out there buddy he went from playing the number nine he went to play wide then they brought him in and played the 10 and they had him buzzing all over the place. You couldn't take him off the field. So, and when you think, God, he should be off the field, he goes and bangs one in against Panama and a nice goal at that. That was a nice goal. Puts into the court, volleys into the corner. 
So listen, man, he, he's definitely, listen, he's got a hard battle. Let's be honest because of the, uh, we'll just say the names that are at that number nine position. But I think he proved in this tournament that, you know, he's utility man. He could play out on the right. He can play as that underneath 10 if he needed something or he can play wide. So, I mean, he's not going to be the first choice because of Reina and some of the other guys, but he's fighting to make a name for himself and to stay on that national team. But that, I think that utility part, and I, I don't know about selections, but I always feel like coaches, when they get down to those last two, three, let's say it's a 23 man roster. Yeah. They're going to look, okay, who can do this and do this? Fededa can do it than the other guys that I mentioned, right? Sergeant. I mean, yeah. a sergeant is great at what he does, but he doesn't do three or four things or he can play yeah. a couple. Do you think that puts him in, in if it gets down to that? Um, That's a you tough know, one. Nowadays, it's it's more specific, you know? I think, Player yeah. Specific, position specific. So, but if you can have a guy who can do what he can do, um, it, it, it all depends about in 2025, leading into that 2026, what form is he in? Where is he playing? Um, because somebody could get hurt. Somebody could be not in form. Somebody could not be doing well. And then all of a sudden, he opens the door. You know, I mean, no one thought Tim Ream was going to make the World Cup team. Tim Ream had a good end of the season. He was playing well. Next thing you know, he's the starter. And he's one of the leaders on that team. So anything could happen. But yeah, I think him being able to do two or three different positions uh, could help him sneak into that 2026 roster. It's a... Uh... I, I love what you said about the, the you have to be a specialist. And I would think, because Sargent's a really good target player and hold-up player. Yeah. I don't know if that's Balogun's top no. uh, quality. It isn't. Pepe, a little bit closer, but not, you know, etched in stone. Yeah. So maybe that, to your point, when he goes, I need a target player, I'm going to get one. And it could be Sargent or Hajarat. So that could be against Ferreira. But Ferreira's not that guy. Ferreira's no, that and that's guy. why if it came to that decision. Yeah. Exactly. You would have to go to Brandon Vasquez. You would have to look at, depending on the profile you're looking for and what you have on, on your team already, because Ferreira is more of a, let me drop into the midfield between that back, that the two pivots and the, and the two center backs. And he floats in that area, trying to find a ball, trying to get himself in the game. Brandon stays up high. Pepe stays up high. But the one thing that you have to say is when you look at Greg Birdhalter's system or BJ, whatever you want to go with right now, um, that nine has to run, has to defend, has to know where to close down. And Ferreira knows all of those little intricacies of what Greg likes. So we'll be hearing a lot more about this. Yeah. Uh, do you think, because I know a lot of people said they're down on the goal, uh, the, the goal cup. I'm down on the goal cup. I mean, it was my favorite tournament. I don't, I mean, I still love it, but it's not like how it once, once was, uh, although it has, it goes up and down, but some people saying, let's send a younger team. Let's send it under 23s. You I feel like in this era of social media, the experience in the game is not getting the respect it deserves. I always grew up hearing coaches go, you need guys yeah. who have been there. And it's not cliche. You do, right? Because I saw, look, I saw Jalen Neal. I saw Cade Cowell and Brian Reynolds. They're all really talented, did a good job. But when that Canada game rolled around and this game, you're like, they look like they're gasping for something to hang on to experience-wise. Yeah, And if we had a, guys like that all over the field, it, I don't think we'd make a semifinal. Yeah, but listen, you want an under-23 team, right? That team, I believe, was 25 days and 182 days. That's yeah, pretty so young. young right there. Yeah. So if you want to look at that next generation, I, we know, listen, we know what we have. Mexico had to take their best because there's not much behind that. And they even say that. 
that there's not, this is the best we have at this particular moment. So they took everybody. Panama, this is the best they have. This is their tournament to show and to put red, get ready for those qualifiers and to see players. That's their first team. Jamaica, that's 95% of their first team. So for the United States to put a U25 team, we'll just say, with guys with MLS experience, with no more than three or four caps, except for Yedlin. Um, um, I, listen, that's what the tournament's about. If you're going to go win it, great. Take your first team and go win it like you did last. Last year, we weren't supposed to win it. and we, Or two years ago, we weren't supposed to win it. We won it. The idea of this is to look at these younger players and see who can step up to that first team and help that first team out. And I think it showed quite a bit. I mean, listen, there's no Jazzy's artists like we had when we won it in, in Vegas. There's not, there's no Walker Zimmerman. So I look at these players as those bubble players that are fighting to get into that bubble and, and see if they can stay there. That's good. It's nice that we have a bubble. I don't think a lot yeah. of te- countries have a defined bubble because a lot of these guys are good players. Yeah. It's kind of caught in between a position or, or status Something like that. Age, age, man. Look how young this national team is. It is very young, 22, 21, 19, 23. They're going to be here for this World Cup and the next World Cup. I would have hated to have been in this era because this team is so young. How do you break into that team? Who's old enough that you're going to kick off? Maybe Tim Ream because he's at 35, 36. After that, you're like, it's not not an easy uh, generational uh, uh, situation to break into with this lineup. Listen, I appreciate Aaron Long uh, and Noah Moxie's here at yeah. LFC and Jordan Morris and DeAndre Yedlin, but yeah. I get the feeling that's probably it for them unless something crazy happens because this team is so young. Yeah. It, and it's been designed to be that way where it's yeah. 24 and you don't you, – Tim Reeves won. We don't have these 32 guys. Hey, guys, rolling in. Where's Who's going to get my coffee? Yeah, no, yeah. it's not like that anymore. Yeah, no, but look at, look at now with Richards there, right? You got Miles back 100%. Cameron Carter-Vicker, it's like – they're all in their early 20s man so yeah again like i said i mean the older guys um you know listen 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 we'll talk, let's let's talk pablo good form pablo makes the world cup team hercules gomez has a good tournament in in south in, uh, in mexico what happened he makes a world cup team so it's about being in form at the right place at the right time and you get a shot at playing in a world cup it's going to be a tough team to crack 2026 i think that's what we're seeing because in, in the last world cups Maybe not so much 2022. That was a little bit. You could kind of identify the core. But we haven't defined yeah. the core because they were so young. Yeah. Now I think we kind of can. Oh, no, we can't. Let's be honest. <laughs> let's, let's, not, let's not beat around the bush and we can play. And say, oh, yeah, well, maybe. No, we know. We know the core group. If you were to put a starting 11 and ask 100 people, maybe you're off by one person, maybe two, depending on your preference of what you like in the center back role. Maybe a Walker Zimmerman, maybe a Richard, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Miles or Cameron Carter, Carter-Vicker. But besides that, right back, left back, I think we're pretty solid in the middle. If everybody's healthy, you know, it's going to be more than likely Tyler Adams, Musa, Weston McKinney, or Reina throw in there. Maybe Tyler's out. Maybe Reina's in, right? We know Polis is going to be on the left. We know Wea's going to be on the right. And there's your other question mark. Who's going to be the forward? So if you want to go with a center back and a forward are really the two positions that you can kind of play around with. We don't have much to argue about. What fun is that? <laughs> I'm not This arguing. is boring. <laughs> That you're right. and Turner in the goal right now he's exactly one. like if, if someone says it's not going to be way in ballistic I freak out conversation over it is yeah. they've earned that and it's a- you're not going to put Raina now as the 10 after what he how he played in Nations League and how smooth he was you can see he's starting to get comfortable in there come on 
two quick questions. They could be yes or no before I let you go. Yeah. How many guys from this Gold Cup team are in the discussions for a, a spot in 2026? Just give me a number. And who wins the final on Sunday? Because you had a good look at Panama. You're doing it with Blas yeah. Perez. That might, yeah. He had to have been a little surprised. How, or was he expecting this? He um, he wasn't sure. He was a little nervous. He um, thought if this was an, this could be an opportunity for Panama to win because they brought their first team. They're in good form, and they were. We watched them in Nations League. They're a good team, And man. you can see what they're building in Panama. So I don't think – I think he was not surprised. He was just very happy, we'll just say. Especially when okay. he was doing his boxing thing and the video, you know, doing his yeah. uppercuts, which was great. I love to see that kind of – I mean, it sucked for us, but it was fun to see them and how they enjoyed it and how they appreciated it. So that was good. Um, players – I, I hope Panama qualifies for the World Cup. They look they, – they're building towards – got a good coach, good players – if, um, if young team, if except for a couple old outliers, if they can stay like they are right now in this kind of form and pick up a few players, because Coco in the middle, Karaskia, what a Good. player, what what a player, and uh, I think they'll qualify. If they're if this is a young enough team, I think they'll qualify. Um, but I'll go with from this team in the discussion. I would say Brandon Vasquez for sure. Um, I would say Jesus Ferreira for sure, and obviously Matt Turner. Uh, yeah, Matt, yeah. but Matt's already on the team, so yeah. I don't even count him. So there's two. I would think uh, Brian Reynolds put himself in that. I think Juwan Jones put his name in that hat. Um, from there, that's I, that's about me. I mean, I, I'd go three or four guys, which I think yeah. is pretty good when you think yeah. about it. And we're just talking about being an, in consideration. Yeah. Some and people say James Sands. Miles. I'm not sure because that's no, pretty but busy. But I'm not talking about Miles, Matt Turner, Sunday hat because they're already they're already established a little bit more on the first team but if you look at players who did something well and you could say okay this they, there's something there that could help us those four guys very good and who wins it mexico panama you know i think it's going to be a good game i, I, listen, I think mexico, so too mexico's, mexico's, mexico's going to be the favorite at, at sofi but uh i think panama is going to give them a run for the money they they're nice. a good team they're they're well organized that four that five four one really works the way they want it to. They can hit you quickly on the counter. They have the two wing backs that really get wide and high and pin your, your, your left and your right backs back into the corner. So I think it could be a good game. It should be a good game. Marcelo Balboa, U.S. men's national team legend, broadcaster for Tu DNA. He does it in two languages. We're, we're really fortunate to have him. And he did this interview with his, was that your 94 jersey on the floor? That was 94. That was 94. Got- that was it on the floor. Was it on the floor? <laughs> Sitting right here next you, in my little trunk. Which game was that from? That one was from. I forgot. We got Colombia, Switzerland, was no. it Romania, Brazil. Uh, Dude, that's a collector's I item, remember, bro. I'll be honest with you, I can't. Even, I can't okay. even remember which game it was from. So that's that's true. <laughs> that There's was amazing. It's there. from. No. That's it might right. have been Colombia. It might have been Colombia. Let's just call it Colombia. We just, we'll just that just, right, we'll just went Columbia. up in price. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Cello, great chatting with you, man. Thanks always you for too, uh, for like I really enjoy it. Uh, we'll be back here with uh, Rodolfo Landeros to talk about the Mexican effort there in Las Vegas. It's the soccer OG. We are here, and this is this is what I love, and Rodolfo Landeros. Said he would join me, and he is joining me. He's leaving Las Vegas. I can't, I can't believe I used the movie title there. Leaving Las Vegas, where Mexico just beat uh, Jamaica to make the Gold Cup. 
Final, uh, there's a few things to unpack here. By the way, I was watching the game, and it wasn't the uh, turnout for El Tri that we saw in the Nations League, which I understand, but how did you see the uh, the enthusiasm for this game, and does it? how do you see it continuing towards the final? Thank you very much, Max. Uh, by the way, I just want to get this clear. Nothing to do with Johnny Depp on that movie. <laughs> nothing, absolutely nothing to do. But uh, yeah, I rough. mean, it's it's. Uh, I was I was talking to colleagues and some of the players after the game, just how much things have changed from that game against the United States and Nations League that it was almost a month ago to now in terms of attitude, playing style, everything, everything. And that's where you know the importance of a coach and, a, and the coaching staff. I mean, what Jimmy has done with basically no time to work with the list that he didn't do is outstanding for me. And now he's in the Gold Cup final where everything turned out to be better than it was even in qualifiers for world cup in mm. Qatar. So that's pretty strong, Rodo. That's a pretty strong is. statement. It is. It is. And this is what I have been very, very impressed with what Jaime Lozano and his coaching staff have done with the team. They turned around in just a few days, the mental aspect of the players, um, the playing style. I mean, They faced rivals like uh, Panama, Suriname, uh, Jamaica, and these were the same players. And it's just believing in what they can do. They like to be the protagonist of the ball, having the ball, and, you know, uh, being more aggressive, more offensive. And this is what the players are comfortable now. It was, it was fun to watch. I mean, it, it was at a good pace. After watching the USA game, it was completely different. Granted, the USA game was outdoors in the daytime. I should say the Panama game since they won it. But there was a, an urgency, and it, it, it was an attractive game. I think Allegiance, Allegiant Field certainly allows that. Do you think Lozano gets the full-time gig? Based on what you said, it would be crazy if they say, thank you, but we're going to move on. We're bringing in Miguel Herrera or what have you. He's got to get the full-time job now. No? I think so. I think so. I mean, like I said, what he's done with a list he didn't do with no time to work. I think uh, he has to be in that short list or at least in that conversation to be the full-time coach. If they didn't, if the guys that don't, that make decisions didn't have them on the radar, now they're putting him, they're putting them on the spot. Because, I mean, it's not going to be easy for them with what Jaime Lozano has done and how players have publicly speak and, and vouch for him on this tournament. There were, as I said, there were some empty seats in Vegas, but they they just had a big game there. And going in the middle of the week is is tough. I get it. And I, again, there's some, there is, there's the, the enthusiasm is not what it was at the Nations League, but it's ramping back up. And I agree with you, what they saw from Mexico They've used the Gold Cup as a tool to get their program back up. And I don't think you can give enough credit to the coach. Whether the Gold Cup is that elite tournament or not, that's up for debate. And SoFi Stadium on Sunday, how do you how do you think the turnout is going to be from the Mexican supporters? Well, for example, what Mexican fans saw against the United States, it was like, 
okay, I don't want to be a part of this. This isn't my team. I'm not feeling represented. And for that third place match against Panama, there were tons of fans, because I talked to a lot of fans that were in the hotel lobbies with the Mexican shirt. They decided not to go. And this was kind of like punishing the team for their performance against the, the, the U.S. men's national team. I think it's going to be a different turnaround. For example, for SoFi Stadium, you know, there's a huge Mexican fan base. Uh, obviously, TJ's uh, three-hour drive. And I can and make it in final. two hours. And it's bro. a final. I can make it. it, it in... I know. I know. <laughs> I know. You're you're the OG. You're the you're you're. you're I think you you might be driving the Lamborghini, Max. <laughs> right but, through the border. Uh, but I think this team has regained that trust, that belief to what one hopes to achieve. You know, it's when Mexico plays in the United States, it, it's different because it's the connection from. Paisanos to their homeland. It's more than just 90 minutes of, of football. It's their connection with their roots. It's it's something else. It's truly something magical, but it all depends on what they see on the on the green rectangle. So I think it's I I would like to think it's gonna be a, a sold-out crowd. We'll have to wait and see. But uh I checked today. There's still plenty of seats available, but a family that are vacationing right now in San Diego, they're excited, they're hyped, they want to go. So I think it's going to be a nice a nice uh, football match at SoFi. Yeah, at 70,000 seats, it's never going to be that much. But I mean, I think if it was the U.S., it would have been a, a, a it, oh, would have, would be it would have been a bigger thing. And no, all due respect, Panama's been great, man. I've really enjoyed them. I think they're going to have a real good shot at this. But, you know, I look at Mexico and, you know, I think I, I a lot of people gave them too much criticism for the Qatar loss because it was it was Qatar and then you know Panama blew the doors off Qatar but Mexico rested some players and they still got through where they wanted to in the group so overall the whole tournament's been good I mean I've loved what they've seen I mean Henry Martin looks like a guy who's put his hand up you don't want to give a free kick to to Chavez who are the who are the pieces <laughs> of the the guys that when a Copa America rolls around are going to be key uh, for the team. And by the way, does this Memo Ochoa continue on? Does he make it to 2026? Oh, he wants to go all the way to 2026. He wants to <laughs> be a part of, he didn't play for five World Cups, but he was a part of, uh, uh, he, he played in three. So this would be technically his fourth playing. By the way, he, he just turned 39 today at the moment we're recording, Max. And he wants to play in 2026. Um, I mean, there's no slowing down with him. He was one of the best goalkeepers in Serie A. And uh, he he maintains that level. And most of uh, some of the colleagues there are wondering, okay, he should give a chance to the younger players. I'm like, why would you give a chance to the younger players if he's the top guy right now? Yeah, I would say who and who are the guys? I mean, so it's not it hasn't been a guy with a clear case that's come up and said this is our our future. That's still up to debate. I I like the younger players coming in there, but I mean, I, I think there's a, a a a comfort with Memo, and there was never a concern this whole tournament. You didn't say, oh, Memo a little slow there, or nothing. He's been pretty yeah, he's for been sure pretty locked in. But you like the talent. You feel the talent is good I to think win the so. to win the trophy. 
I've seen a better version, for example, of Jorge Sanchez. I think he's been outstanding at right back. I like what I've seen from Eric Sanchez, from Luis Romo, um, Orbelin Pineda. He's he's a phenomenal he's player. Yeah. And uh, you might get some some additions with this team because Alexis Vega is injured, Sebastián Córdoba is injured, Kevin Álvarez wasn't called by Diego Coca, who was the the guy who originally uh, made the call up. And you got players that are in a very, very good moment. For example, in MLS, you've got Alan Pulido, you've got uh, Hector Herrera, um, Chicharito will be back until next year. <laughs> Hopefully he regains that level. We know, we all know Carlos Vela isn't going to be a part of the national team anymore, but uh, in Europe, there are players like Chucky Lozano and Tecatito Corona. So I think uh, even though there's a, a bright spot with the veteran players, you've got young stars like Santiago Jimenez that have a great future with El Tri. It looks good. It looks a lot better than a month ago. I would love to talk with Rodolfo more here, but this guy is about to jump on an airplane. He was kind enough to join us here on the Soccer OG, <laughs> and I'm eternally grateful for that. We'll, uh, we, we'll, we'll get off the clock here, Rodolfo. We'll jump in the Lambo and do a road trip down there to, uh, to uh, Baja California. Whenever you're ready, okay? Yeah, let's do it in, uh, in Ensenada or uh, Ruta del Vino. We got a couple of uh, some nice wine tasting and Dude, whatnot. I've never been down there. I've got to go. Me either. You haven't? No, we have to go. We got an excuse. We got to do the gotta, show from there. Oh my God! I've just I'm I'm working on it. This is a great idea. You you have a safe flight. Good luck on Sunday, and uh, I I I'm curious to see what the turnout. I think it's going to be good because it's L.A. because it's Sunday and it's for a trophy, and I think people are definitely behind uh, Losano there as well. Thanks for joining us, buddy. My pleasure, Max. Bye, pal. <laughs> Fox. Fox Deportes joining us here on the Soccer OG. Quickly, we are back here. Just want to say thank you to Marcelo and Rodolfo. We'll be back again next week in a more traditional show. Certainly be looking more at the Women's World Cup. Soccer OG, rate, review, download, subscribe, and tell a friend. Check out the Soccer OG on YouTube under my name, Max Bretos. Check out all the videos that I put out there. We're doing it for a long time. We really appreciate the support. We'll be back. We're going to do something. Actually, I forgot to mention this. I am on my way to Cincinnati for Cincinnati-Nashville. Very excited about that game on Saturday. Then off to the MLS All-Star Games. I'll be there all week in Washington, D.C. If you're in the area, give me a holler and we grab a frosty cold one. Hope to do a little. I haven't seen the museums out there in the Smithsonian for some time. So maybe we'll do a little bit of that while I am there. But we will have an all-star edition. It's always fun. Everyone's there that's involved in American soccer. So it's a great place to schmooze. Uh, and get some free gear, I think. Apple's been great, man. Apple's got a lot of events going. We love it. We love Apple. Thank you for all the good stuff. We'll be back again next week from Washington, D.C., another road trip. Until then, on behalf of everyone who helps us do the Soccer OG, Placido Domingo. Domingo.